brought to you in association with ThinkGeek. Stuff for smart masses. Broadcasting all over the world from cinemageekly.com, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast, with Anthony Lewis, Aaron De La Osa, Glenn Bove, and Cody Kelly. for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 67, this week brought to you by the fine folks over at thinkgeek.com. First, head over to cinemageekly.com and click that Think Geek banner on the page uh, and use that to shop at Think Geek like you normally would. But in this case, Think Geek sends uh, 7% of that purchase uh, back to keep the uh, the server costs down here over at Cinema Geekly. And Aaron, we were just talking about this, man. They've got a Mother's Day gift center open over at ThinkGeek, so for the lovely geek goddess in your life, man, they've got a ton of stuff over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, they uh, Every holiday they do it. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Valentine's Day. I mean, you know, they, they do it for May the 4th. Uh, yeah, if you have anyone in your life who loves anything geek whatsoever, and, you know, they happen to be a mother, or, you know, they're your mother, or you want them to be your mother, just however you feel about them. I mean, they have tons of stuff, but yeah. A personal favorite of mine is that uh, 8-bit flower bouquet they have. It looks just like it's right out of Mario Brothers. Yes. It's made out of very durable foam. The uh, That was a big hit in my household last year. Yeah, the lady in my life has got her eyes on those TARDIS boot slippers. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she's also uh, fond of the – she saw those canine slippers as well. Yeah. She wanted those. Um, she's a big slipper person. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, they've got a ton of stuff. Uh, personally, for me, dude, I'm – I'm not big in the kitchen, but I, I saw something on there today that could. They've got this adorable-looking R2-D2 measuring, measuring cup. cups. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Oh, I know. I, I love Think Geek. They are, the, they are literally – it's geek heaven, man, uh, shopping-wise. It's. I'm telling you, I, I'm going to oh, take pictures so of my much. office just so you see the ridiculousness <laughs> I have spent over the, over the years yeah. at that website. The room Aaron is in right now sponsored by ThinkGeek.com. It really is. Sadly, it really is. Oh, man. Stuff for Smart Masses. That's Think Geek uh, helping us out every single week on the podcast. Uh, We got the whole gang back together again uh, to discuss the week uh, in movies and TV. Uh, An eclectic group of stuff. Uh, There's a lot of things that came out uh, in the past week, and we should probably just start diving into it. Aaron, I'm going to start with you, man, because uh, this is the the, uh, the final trailer, uh, so they say, for X-Men Days of Future Past uh, they put out. Uh, did it did it sway you positively or negatively? Uh, the last time we saw a trailer, you know, you were feeling a little down about this movie. Has it improved uh, your interest at all? Oh no, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, it didn't even move the needle a little bit. <laughs> no, damn, not at all. Uh, it, I just, oh, I don't know, yeah. man. I, I just don't have you know. But before the whole, you know, singer. Uh, news bomb that exploded this week. Uh, I just I, I can't get behind the movie, and now you know just with everything that's come to light, it's just man, it's that might have been the final nail in the coffin for me as far as seeing this movie, and I don't think it's going to happen. All those uh, all those beauty shots of the of the Sentinels, Aaron. I know that you didn't like before anyway. I don't think we're we're because you, you know what? Oh, it looked beautiful too in the Green Lantern. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, Cody. Uh, what, what were you? What were your thoughts on the on the last X Men trailer? We got to see a lot more in this trailer uh, than the last one. So, um, any, any thoughts on what we saw in this one? Uh, yeah, I think this one actually kind of hurt it for me a little bit. I mean, everything looks great, but there was a couple of lines I think Wolverine has that's just a little cheesy, mm-hmm. and I don't think you need to be getting the cheesy lines from that character. Right, right, right. I don't know. There was just a couple of little moments that I thought were a little cheesy, but I mean, overall, I still think it looks good, and I'll still see it and everything. Uh, Glenn, do you have any anything to add about our our last glimpse at the uh, the new X Men flick? Yeah, I I agree with Cody. I don't think this. I was really excited because I loved the first trailer, and then I thought the second one was pretty good as a follow up. 
mm-hmm. but this one, I don't know, man. It looks like it's gonna be pretty stupid. <laughs> the uh, it's amazing how the trailers can go from one thing to the next, right? Um, I maybe I'm the only one, but I thought the the Sentinels, the CG on the Sentinels looked kind of bad, actually. Like I kept staring at those things, thinking it just—I don't know—they didn't—they didn't feel physical to me. And I know there's probably going to be some CGI nerd out there that's like, "Well, that's because they should have used puppets." Uh, but fuck that. I, I've seen plenty of CG computer-generated shit in other movies that felt physical to me, that you know looked like it was actually there. And I don't know—the the Sentinels didn't give me that feeling. Um, am I the only one, by the way, who thought they should have used the uh, the Puff Daddy version of uh, the? What was that cashmere they used in the trailer? <laughs> yeah, uh, I provided. I should have uh, suggested oh, they Jesus. they use the Puff Daddy version from the uh, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla film uh, <sighs> instead, which I believe I hashtagged with "uh huh yeah." So uh, <laughs> come on, wow. everybody! Jesus, get on that. That that would have been much better. <laughs> I would have been totally more into this movie if it added a hundred percent more Puff Daddy into it. Maybe uh, like another eleven percent Matthew Broderick too. Perhaps if you just, just squeeze just, him in somewhere. They just cut in some shots from that Godzilla movie in between. Oh god, would that be great, Wolverine? Yeah, as he's traveling back in time, he stops over like in the nineties and sees the flash of that and like puts his claws to the TV and then maybe time that's jumps the again. Uh, maybe that's the real story that all of this shit they're just throwing us off and he's going back in time to stop that movie from getting made. That's why Earth is really in ruins today is because of Matthew <laughs> Broderick's Godzilla two thousand. <laughs> Um, our, uh, our Facebook page, this post exploded, man. We got, uh, I think with one share, we got, uh, almost 900, uh, views on the, uh, the leak of the first Star Wars episode seven, quote unquote, set photo, uh, that came out. I mean, it's JJ Abrams. So a set photo is a gigantic tent, uh, which you saw like one thing with the one thing was pretty goddamn huge. It was gigantic. Um, and basically the, the speculation, uh, began immediately uh, about what this gigantic circular metal thing was. Could it be a, a door of some sort? Uh, many people uh, jumped quickly to thinking it was the one one of the feet uh, of an AT-AT, an AT-AT, if you will. Yep. Uh, Aaron, is that what you saw, man, when you saw this giant metal circle thing? It that's, was big. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, yeah, that, that's definitely what I saw. Uh, God, especially on Tatooine. Jesus, the AT-AT's on Tatooine? Yeah, it uh, it definitely got the the nerd juices going pretty good, man. I'm just I'm getting so excited for this movie. Cody, you're a big Star Wars you're a big Star Wars fan. Is this uh, uh is is that what you were seeing here? Is this like seeing or is this like seeing Jesus in a pancake? You know that's. Sort of <laughs> um, I don't know because to to me, I don't understand why they would build a practical, you know, ad at foot. Right. Unless they were going to shoot some sort of a scene with like people on it or something. Right. Well, but, I don't um... know. The, the word is, I mean, we I, I've heard a couple of things that J.J. Abrams really wanted to do as much practical, uh, as many practical effects as possible. Now, clearly, I mean, it could be something like that where there's people on it like they build. Uh, they might build like a leg for it or something. Like, uh, like if they're all just sitting on an ad at foot, just hanging <laughs> yeah. out talking. Eating right. lunch and shit. I mean, right. for the for the in, in uh, the first Star Trek movie, they did a a fight scene on a giant drilling rig, and they just made most of the drilling rig and everything else was green screen. So I I could see them maybe doing it. They could also maybe just be fucking nuts and just build a full sized ad ad for some reason. I can't oh, that imagine would be so badass. Well, didn't they, why they didn't would. they build like a giant practical set for Pacific Rim? Right? Oh, did they? All those robots were real, right? Yeah, I thought. I I thought like the one the, the giant office. They you know they built the actual foot oh, yeah, like that yeah. was served as their offices during production, didn't it? I, be- I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they did. They they um. Yeah, you know, and that is the word that they want to do some uh big practical. I mean, but is, is that what you saw when you saw it? Was that the first thing you thought of? Was like, oh, that's an ad at foot. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can't really. There's nothing else in that universe that I'd be like, oh, or it could be that, you know, like it looked a little bit. Yeah, just I don't know. I'm rambling now. It's possible that they might <laughs> just drop it from a crane on top of Hayden Christensen at the beginning of the movie. Ugh, no that, way, could be, that could be the start of the movie where they just drop it onto him. I, I, I think he's <laughs> just so stiff. He would just stand tall right through it. Oh, just it would just right crumble through? around him. And then he <laughs> would just look at the cameras, give it double guns and say acting. And then he would just roll out. <laughs> And, and then maybe kick in... a puppy on the way to his limousine. Like, he just seems just like the worst. Yeah, he just turned into a force ghost and then disappear after oh that. Oh, my God. 
Glenn, <laughs> Glenn. Um, so what were your what your? It's so hard to actually discuss this thing because it's literally just a big metal circle, and J.J. Abrams does not give us much of anything. It could but, be uh, the base for a porta potty they're going to put up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes. What what have you read into this? I I just it's weird that it's going into a tent. So like what Cody said or what you were talking about with them doing like a green screen. I don't know what's in that tent, but I'm sure they have like some green screen up and like he said maybe they're just gonna maybe they'll do like a shawarma scene at the end of <laughs> star wars and they're just kind of chilling on an at that they killed there you go having a picnic on top of it got a blanket laid out there they have to worry about ants uh, is because it's an intense star where he appears as spock like he you know <clears throat> he beams in sees the att and just rolls right out right like right. that'll be like you know a little shout out to his previous stars franchise um, oh, hey, you know what, Aaron, if it makes you feel any better, uh, Cody finally got acclimated to the, uh, to the Facebook page and, uh, got some stuff posted up there. And one of the things he found, he, uh, got a, uh, what was this from Cody? Wasn't it? I think it was from movie pilot, I think, uh, where they got a, a quote from the studio assuring them that that rogue was not cut from the X-Men movie, that she's going to be in the movie. Yeah. I can't remember where I got it from, but I saw it and I put it up there. Yeah, it's from uh, uh, it's from movie it's pilot. from movie pilot, and apparently they got some stuff from BuzzFeed. Uh, yeah, where they've got word that Anna Paquin is is not going to be cut from the movie that she's uh, she's going to be in there. So I mean, I guess there's I guess there's that, but it is Glenn still leading uh, the the charge here on maybe they're trying to fit too many people into this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it, it could be very possible that. They're going to deal very little with present-day X-Men, and they're going to spend most of the time probably in the past, which is what I think is still going to end up happening. I think most of the movies are going to be uh, dealing with the the new generation of X-Men actors, I think. But I, I could be wrong, but uh, it, the way the trailers have been treating it, it feels that way. Yeah, and I think that's how they should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. What do we uh, – I don't want to tackle that. That's uh, – on the website. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I may be the only one entirely excited for this, uh, but the, the fine folks over at uh, San Diego studios finally released a trailer for the, uh, the PS4 version of, uh, of MLB, the show, which I've been waiting uh, patiently for, as I've been watching uh, people nerd out for, for weeks. Have, the PS3 release was uh several weeks ago. So it's been available on the, the PS3 for a while. And they finally released the, uh, uh, the PS4 trailer. Uh, it looks awesome. Glenn, you should, uh, you should totally upgrade to a PS4 and then help those diamondbacks get to the world series, man, because they're going to need all the help they can get this year. I think, um, yes, because eight and six is such a better record. Oh, come on. It's so early in the season. We're not going to talk about baseball right now, but, uh, (laughs) The Diamondbacks are going to the you World Series. It up. They're going to the World Series on the back of Mark Trumbo. Um, let me see here. Let's let's get back on track. I'm sorry. I was going to get involved in a in a long baseball discussion, Glenn. We should save that for an after dark episode. Yeah. Uh, but the game looks uh, the game looks great. Uh, it doesn't look like NBA 2K14 great. Um, but that I game think sucks. By the way, I, I actually have a PS4 <laughs> and I've been playing it the past couple of days. God, I hate it so much. It really, yeah. It, well, does I, I hate, it, but does like, it look they, great, Glenn? It does look great, but they they take away all the things like you like they did it with Madden. They took away you know the the fantasy draft, all that kind of stuff you can do, yeah. and they kept the fantasy draft in there. But now it's all like you're the GM, so you have to talk to the owner. You have to play games to get credits, so you can do more things and actually be what a GM does. Right. And they're kind of like, I just want to play and gather Damn. talent, like I have. And play the game and they just they keep making everything so interactive that it it's not fun for well, they want to give you the, the money ball experience right well, i mean that's why i like the show though they they kind of st- i mean they you do have the option to to run through a season like that and then you just have the option to just start a season and then just use the team and you don't give a shit about any i mean you can make trades and stuff like that but you don't have to run the whole team and do contract negotiations and scout talent and all this other bullshit um, that, you know, so I'm sure some people find, uh, you know, lots of fun, but 
I, I don't. I'd rather just play through, uh, play through the season and stuff. Uh, yeah, but it, it doesn't look as amazing as the the NBA 2K14 game. But I think uh, that's in large part due to kind of like the the nature of basketball. I, I don't watch a ton of it, Glenn. But the feeling I get is that the majority of the arenas tend to look roughly the same. Like there's not a lot of variation in design and style, and the game is kept roughly to a you know a confined area. So this way they're not they're not being uh, charged overly in a, in a graphical sense when they're designing the game where baseball's got, you know, 30 teams, 30 different stadiums and a lot of ground to cover. So the, the character models look uh, a lot better than the PS3 version, but you know, they're, you know, they don't have facial expressions. I, I think the I, I, I haven't played the, the 2k 14 PS4 version. Do they really have facial expressions, Glenn? Yeah, they do. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing. Sometimes they smile. Most of the time it's just like a snarl. <laughs> is it Prince usually, Fielder chewing in his animation? No, it just, <laughs> no. It just cut, and so it's weird that like they couldn't do that with MLB the Show because let's face it, there's not as much movement as there is in a baseball game as there is in a basketball because right, it's constantly right. up and down. Right. You would think that they could. Oh, we don't really have to worry about the motion mechanics so much because mm. the guy kind of runs straight. You and know, I think the uh, and I think four the other, times and he's done. And I think the other thing that they did was. Uh, what most of the other games that are that are switching uh, platforms aren't doing, if they go from a PS3 to a PS4, when they go to the PS4, they usually strip the game down a little bit uh, to include for you know more visuals or whatever. Whereas uh, the MLB The Show game they announced is going to have like every single feature the PS3 version has plus extra features. So they they it's really loaded heavily or whatever, but. Um, I, I think it looks. I think it looks great, and the uh, I'm sure it's probably only going to look better. As we all know, the the games that come out near the end of a console's life tend to be the best looking games uh, by and large. So, did you guys ever play that football game Blitz League? Oh yeah, and you can like do steroids ago? and stuff. You, you, yeah, you can no. give your players steroids. Yeah. You could you could send hookers <laughs> to the other team's hotel the night before the game. Oh, that's awesome! See that if they want to do it, that kind of interaction, I'm all for it. But where it's like, <laughs> well, I'm the owner, and I know we suck. So as long as we like win like 20 home games, I'm okay. And you right. gotta have that same conversation like 20 times. Right. Any game franchise whose faces are LT and Bill Romanowski is getting my money for the rest of my days. <laughs> oh man. Uh... Yeah, that like the hook, and so like their stamina is lower whenever you send them hookers. Yeah, yeah that was that yeah. game was so much fun. Are you hurt? What should you do? Recover or take the needle? And you just like stab yourself. <laughs> Always the get the needle because you can cut the guy's contract if he gets hurt. Man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> let me see here. All right. Um, oh, Cody. Uh, Cody also posted the uh, the the, the full length trailer for uh, the second season of Orange Is the New Black. Uh, Glenn, I know you're a big proponent of this show. Uh, what's, uh, how's the second season looking to you? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be good. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. I think I may have like short-term memory or just memory loss in general because everyone keeps saying like Laura Prepburn's leaving or she's going to be in a couple episodes. And I'm like, well, I don't even think they explain like, I think that was a rumor. I think that was a rumor that she wasn't going to come back and then they announced, yes, she's coming back and then they filmed the show. Okay, because they made it sound like her character got killed off and I'm like, I don't remember ever that person dying, but then again, like, I've been watching Hannibal and I thought Eddie Azard's character was dead and then he showed up like halfway through the season alive (laughs) and I'm like, Wait, I thought you died like a year ago, but I think they were talking about Laura Prepper on the person since she's a Scientologist now dating Tom Cruise. Oh my god. Like, yeah. She herself is long gone. Her oh, character, yeah. however, mentally, yeah. <laughs> still there. No, no, uh, I, I am excited for the show. It I mean I, I loved it. You recommended it and I watched it probably just as quickly as you did and Oh yeah, that's great. Can't wait for the new season and hopefully get more porn stash and Oh yes, of course. You know, See what happens after the fact of that crazy ass redneck inbred abortion Christian loving girl. <laughs> See what happens after that fiasco. Um, modeled after Michelle Bachman, of course. Uh, <laughs> Co- Cody, are you, uh, you posted the trailer? Were you just posting it because it's like this is this is uh, in relation to what what we do, or are you uh, actually have you watched the show? Yeah, I actually found the trailer much like I, how I found the show. I just kind of fell into it. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I do, didn't know, know anything about the show when I started watching it and then immediately was hooked. And then I just I opened up YouTube and it was one of the videos that were right there. So I was like, shit, I'm going to watch this and then decided to put it up there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it looks great. Did you, Glenn, were you at all uh, were you at all upset when you read the uh, um, the I, I think it was an article by the uh, uh, the the real life person behind um, Laura Prepron's uh uh, character in the show where she basically just refuted a like here's a whole bunch of stuff that happened in the tv show that didn't happen in real life are you one of those people that are like oh fuck this show now <laughs> now that i know that it's not based on actual events there no, are people out there that apparently are upset by this because i i read about like i didn't read the book but i've read a lot of interviews about the character because i want to see like how true it was because i didn't expect anything i just expected maybe the name and yeah, she was a girl, had a degree, and went to prison. And that's yeah. basically how much it follows. Because, like, her husband is an editor. I can't remember for what website. And right. all this kind of stuff. And he's the one who kind of helped present all of her her workings together. But the girl who, like, Laura Preparin's character, mm-hmm. they were only, the only time they ever spent together was, like, at the courthouse at the jail there. For like yeah. a few hours before they had to take the stand or something to make a right. plea deal. So as it and she was out, only in jail for like eighteen months, and I think she's they, she's already been there a year by the end of season one. So I don't know how if they're gonna stretch it out and make it like Lost, where four seasons was you know forty four days. But I don't know. The uh, yeah the. Uh... Yeah, it it doesn't bother me. It's 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 another no. it's another case of uh, based on should really just be changed to inspired by. I really don't have a problem with that whole because uh, when people see based on, they immediately think that oh my god, this is everything that happened. Uh, like uh, pain and gain was based on actual events, uh, and there's a lot of stuff in that movie that was not uh, that did not actually uh, occur uh, and things like that. Uh, I I. I I would prefer they just use inspired by because then at least people get the idea that, you know, the movie is surrounded by things that actually happen, but we've taken artistic license, that sort of shit. I figure that's all inherently included anyway when you're watching a television show, but apparently not everybody gets that message, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> so the internet, I guess, is all you can really say about that. Um, speak. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I should probably break the news right here. Uh, I finally got around to catching the end of uh, the second season of House of Cards. Oh, yes! Yeah! I finally got around to watching it. And holy shit, I I wish somebody would have warned me ahead of time about uh, (laughs) Frank Underwood engaging in a three-way with a Secret Service agent and his wife. Boy, is that a fucking (laughs) surprise or what? Holy Holy shit. shit. (laughs) When she left the room and looked back and gave him that glance like, oh, dude, I felt like I got penetrated. Like, oh, like instantly just clenched like, Jesus, shit is about to get super real in that room. Uh, Cody, have you watched House of Cards? Uh, no, not at all. But now I got something to look forward to, I guess. Oh, yeah, the, the, the king gets buried deep, if you know what I mean. The way the, the way the Secret Service guy, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Um, the way he kept oh, looking. Oh, God, I can't remember his yeah. name now. <laughs> uh, the, way he, the way he and Mrs. Underwood kept looking at each other. It, it kept, it, it, to me, it felt like they were trying to really push home the fact that these two were you know, having an affair or something like that. And maybe they nope. were, uh, but no, that is not what was happening here. Meacham. Meacham's <laughs> Meacham. Yeah, yeah. Meacham. I just, uh, that was, a, now, that was do you crazy. think Meacham was really into it or he just figured like, look, this guy is liable to fuck me up if I don't do it. So I just better cuddle up next to the balls. Well, I don't know. I, he was, he was holding his hand. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, it, if you're going to do someone who could be president, I mean, you kind of have to if they're throwing it at you, right? And then he ends up. How often are you going to have that chance again? Right. And then he ends up president at the end of the season. Yeah. You have taken the presidential wing. <laughs> I just hate what happened to Stamper because Stamper's my favorite. And I mm-hmm. I just hate that's how it had to go down. I mean, I knew it was going to happen just the right. way that whole side story has been going. Boy, that, that one was about to get super creepy, like in a hurry. Okay, the weird thing, and I, yeah, he's like read to me. And she's he's she's reading him Bible passages, and um, gosh, whatever. What was it? Uh, at the end, it was what a tale of two cities, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. she's just like, please read to me. 
Um, it, it was incredibly strange. So yeah. you saw what is is it White House down? Is that that's the Channing Tatum one, right? I saw that's I saw the... White House down and, and Olympus, Olympus as well. Okay, so Jimmy Simpson plays a hacker in House of Cards and in White House down. Yeah. Do you think that? And so he he gets a. I know he obviously he blows up. Do you think White House Down could possibly be a follow up to House of Cards? Yeah. So this could be a prequel House of Cards because they talked about. I'm how hoping he's that he's, he's really Liam McPoyle, but he leads a double life as a hacker in House of Cards. <laughs> um. Uh, so are you are you telling me that Jamie Fox is gonna is gonna uh, he's gonna follow after uh, Frank Underwood? As as president, this is where this is. If Jamie Foxx shows up in the next season, I'm gonna I'm gonna shit my pants. Glenn. And then he turns into Electro in, in season four. <laughs> and we're just we're merging. We merge just all the universes. Every goddamn TV show together. Yeah. Then Rick Grimes shows up to rescue him. <laughs> well, yeah. see, we're gonna have to at the rate all these shows are piling up that I'm watching. It'd be <laughs> and best then if Khaleesi and Don Draper show up with a bunch of dragons and shit gets, gets super <laughs> they, real. They ride in on dragons. <laughs> they yes. ride in on the it's dragons. Like, Don it's Dra- like Patton Oswalt's filibuster that he did on Parks and Rec. <laughs> yes, it is. That is like the most uh, amazing thing ever. I just want to desperately now see Don Draper full suit <laughs> riding on a dragon holding a holding a uh, holding a glass of scotch in one hand and a cigarette in the other. Well, I the dragon, like the, the dragon could light the cigarette, so <laughs> oh, even better. Oh, Roger would fit in well in Game of Thrones, I think. I think he, so. Too. He'd be a good little finger, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, very fitting. We uh, wish we could talk about. We're, we're we're recording a little early this week, so we don't get to talk about Mad Men, but uh, we'll we'll get to talk about it on, on next week's podcast. What happens uh, later tonight as we record nothing. this? Nothing. We're gonna we're gonna presume <laughs> that something major happens or nothing happens, and it's all gonna be interesting, and they're gonna tease us. Uh, uh, torturously afterwards yeah they're uh, gonna show us a clip of don trimming his toenails as as does happen every week um agents of shield last week was was pretty interesting this is uh finally the uh the the post fall of uh of shield for the most part right uh yep. pat and speaking of Patton oswald he was in this episode oh he was great um pat oswald was in this episode uh adrian uh adrian pestar or pastar uh, you guys might remember him from that Heroes show. Yeah. I believe he was the uh, the politician guy who could fly with a uh, really sweet mustache and uh, haircut <laughs> in this one. Oh my God, was it ever a mustache? Like it was... he fully committed to this role. He saw it. He looked like the comic book. He's like, "Yep." Now, do you think he grew that mustache, or was that a, a fake mustache? I, they might have shaved a llama. I mean, if that's not his real hair. Because if that was a real mustache. It's the most amazing mustache I've ever seen because it looked like the fakest mustache. So I'm hoping it was real. Maybe his hair just grows in super plastic. He's uh, just one of those guys <laughs> that just has good TV facial hair. Um. So let me see here. What What did we? Uh. What did What did this show cover? God, I don't remember. There's a lot that was going on in that. Everything. W- Ward joining the team again. You know, but he's there to, to really right. kill everybody and get skies because she she has the codes. I mean, holy shit. Uh, yeah, they found a yeah they found a secret shield base. Obviously, that's where Patton Oswald was hanging out. Yep. Uh, and he let uh, Coulson know that Nick Fury is still alive, but only uh, a, a a small amount of people know about this, and he doesn't even know where they're at. Uh, um, there was some shit going on at the Hydra base. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, there. Where, where do you think this is? All? Oh, by the way, at the uh, the end, they. Uh, revealed the uh, gravitron, uh, yeah, uh, Quinn's graviton, uh, gravitonium. So, uh, where do you think this is all leading, Aaron? How do you think it's going to end? There's according uh, according to Wikipedia here, there are still four episodes left. Well, it, we know for sure this uh, this episode here coming up, they're going to focus on the cellist. Where you know we finally get to meet her. Phil gets worried; she's in danger. He's going to rescue her, or whatever. But I think with them kind of. You know, putting Hydra back to the forefront, and now you know they obviously have Gravitron back in the mix. I mean, so when he breaks out, he's just gonna go, you know, ape shit. They have to pull in some form of established superhero, like at the season finale, to help them out. There's gonna be too much for them to overcome, and then you know, right. before you know it, here comes you know Nick Fury and you know maybe uh, Mark Ruffalo getting ready to Hulk out. I mean, something huge is gonna end the season, yeah. just to kind of keep your appetite going until Guardians of the Galaxy in August, and then you know. Next fall, and the show starts back up. But yeah, there, there, there's something coming, and it's Joss Whedon too. So you know to expect, you know, 
explosions and a lot of fireworks and something monstrous. It, it, you know, well, they're kind of the, they're kind of the putting teams. it on right. They're kind of putting that on 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 Front Street here. The last episode yeah. title is the beginning of the end. Right. So <laughs> uh, I if when you do it, I mean, obviously that's a you know a pretty cliched season finale episode title. But when you do that kind of cliched uh, season finale episode title, people are going to expect something big. So. Right. Uh, presumably they will deliver something big. Uh, what that will be, I, I don't know. Has anybody noticed what the uh, um, how the ratings are doing for the show? Aaron, have you checked in on any of that sort of thing? I, I, I know they're they're down from their their first big episode uh, a couple weeks ago when they finally kind of broke for, broke through their big plateau. But their numbers are still good considering you know their time slot and, and what they're up against. And it, considering that you know Disney has ABC, that they have so much invested in this show and just in the universe uh, itself as keeping the MCU uh, to the forefront on people's minds. There's no way the show's not going to come back. It's too easy for them just to kind of keep you know the. <clears throat> their billion dollar franchise at the forefront of everybody's minds by having it, you know, every Wednesday. So I, I think it'll definitely be back. Right. Um, well, you know, the show is actually not doing that bad. I, I think a lot of people, um, you know, we, we won't get into a discussion about how dumb I think the rating system is, but um, they are now including DVR views as well, which is a, you know, more accurate number anyway. Uh, but I think when people are looking at the ratings, because a lot of people are constantly slamming the show, like, oh, my God, it started at uh, uh, 12 million, I think, was <laughs> the the first for the for the pilot episode. And then it's dropped steadily and they're now in the five, you know, uh, five millions or whatever. But uh, including the DVR numbers, the DVR numbers only go back to the uh, the mid-March uh, episode, because apparently those take a little bit longer to come in. But if you combine all the numbers, the show is still pulling around close to 10 million an episode, uh, which is oh, wow. plenty of viewers. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's averaging it's averaging at least 10. Most of the shows are doing 10, 11 and 12 million with the DVRs uh, included in there. So, uh, yeah, it's I think a fantastic that's a show. I mean, and, and, you know, it's I'm really picked like, up it's like other Whedon shows. I mean, you know, yeah. now people have finally learned with Joss. I mean, it's going to take a while to get going. But once you get going, like, holy shit, you know, oh. Yeah, it, it's so, fine. It finally picked up. And by the way, according according to everybody uh, who's involved with the show, they say if you go all the way back to the pilot and watch everything with Ward from the beginning, that there's little seeds here and there that he's actually not on their side, according to them. So I thought he was just wooden, but turns out <laughs> he was Hydra the whole time. Yeah, there you it's go. So, it's so strange. It wasn't wooden acting, Aaron. He was trying very hard to pretend to be right. uh, neutral. <laughs> Right. So in order for him to be likable, he has to seem somewhat wooden. Maybe that's their cover. They're like, man, he's been really wooden. Maybe we should just make him a bad guy. And then he's been he's been undercover. Then that that makes up shit on this guy. Every complaint we get about the show is about how we how we hate him. Like, let's just make him a bad guy. And now Uh, it's like, oh my god, now I can hate him. (laughs) It's like when they finally turned X Pac heel, and they gave oh no one's gonna get this reference. Oh my god. Oh. I was going to say, no one's going to really get that reference, but... I uh, there's, there's a handful of people right now that, that are clapping, standing up, like, and they're yelling how much oh, they hate Axbox along with me. You're uh, talking about China's girlfriend, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, Cody, what were your thoughts on uh, on Arrow this week? Uh, very good show, I thought. Um, gosh, shit. I can't even think now. Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, there was a lot of surprises. Um... I had a thought. I think Aaron brought this up a couple weeks ago about um, oh, what is her name? The chick who just took over the company. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. Uh, Summer Summer Glau. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, you were talking a couple weeks ago about her maybe being Slade's daughter. Yep. And I think with this episode, I don't know if they're gonna officially say that she's his daughter, just because of the stuff she was talking about uh, having an affair with. Oliver's dad, right? So I think uh, th- it might not play out exactly like that. But um, the sh- the show was good. Right. Uh, I thought the scene at the end, you know, with all those prisoners, they got the Murakuru stuff. Yeah, and, um, and then she wakes up at the end. I think uh, this season finale is going to be huge, and I think it's going to be awesome. Laurel knows who the who the, who yep. the arrow is now, uh, even though they. They did the whole, I know who you are, and then something immediately happens to pull them away from this scene. So they can't delve into it a little further or whatever. But, um, I think Eric, uh, they, they hinted at, too, that she knows that Sarah is the Black yeah. Canary. 
Black Canary, yeah, but she's going to choose to keep their secret because they're doing, you know, what's right. Absolutely. Uh, what were your thoughts, Aaron? Loved it. And uh, just the way that the show is going to end out is going to be fantastic. I mean, you know, the producers are already saying, like, you know, we know John Barrowman is coming back, so we can expect, you know, Malcolm to confront Thea, you know, and reunite with his daughter and see what happens there. But, but they've said there's going to be a lot of familiar faces, not necessarily ones we may have seen previously on the show. So right. maybe someone from something might fucking show up and tie this with, you know, Man of Steel and – and Batman vs Superman. I'm hoping you know they do. I mean, it'd be a great way for for them, much like with Marvel and Agents of Shield, to have that presence going. Plus, you know, uh, we got to see the two kids uh, who turn into uh, the villains for the Flash TV show. That's right. They were the ones that Felicity gave the the Mirakuru to to try to come up with a uh, an antidote. So, right. the the Flash TV show coming up. It's oh my god. It, it there's already too much shit that. I watch, you know, to the point to where, you know, you got to watch like fucking six hours of TV a day just to get everything you love so that, you know, some asshole on Facebook doesn't spoil it for you. (laughs) So, God, keeps you busy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And whereas the the last four episode titles minus the season finale uh, of of, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., the other three episode titles were a little more uh, innocuous. Not the case with uh, the last four episodes of Arrow. I think that's uh, <laughs> Seeing Red, City of Blood, Streets of Fire. It does not sound like things are going to be going well. Right. <laughs> uh, unthinkable is the uh, the season finale title uh, for the episode. So yeah, uh, things are not sounding good for uh, for the uh, the fine folks over at Arrow at all. So um, th- does anybody know? Uh, are there any uh, word on? Uh, anything leak out on ideas of where the show's headed, or, um, or is that pretty much kept quiet for the most part? I haven't found anything. So I mean, they're, whatever they're doing, they're doing a pretty good job by keeping it under wraps. I mean, it, it it's odd for a show not to have something be talked about. I mean, to the point to where I'm almost inclined to look more at that than anything else. Like that speaks more volumes to me. Like maybe that you know, the studio is involved with the movie franchise, so it's a uh, you know, a couple more weeks and we'll know for sure. But I think there's something going on. Um, uh, just real quick, my only hope for the finale is that they don't kill off Slade. I think they're going to make you want to think that he's dead, but I sincerely hope that he's not going to be completely gone because he's way too good on this show. They will milk a Merlin him, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's dead, but not dead. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, let me see here. Gosh, we've... Uh, we're rapidly running out of content to talk about, and the show is only half done, shockingly. Um, at, le- at least for how long we normally record. Um, new oh, up no, on the- we can keep this bitch going, trust me. New, uh, new up on the on the website, not much. Dan O'Neill got a review up for Transcendence, that Johnny Depp flick that no one was talking about. Uh, for good reason, apparently. Didn't, didn't like it all that much. He gave it two and a half. Uh, geeky glasses. Uh, apparently, no one is uh, jumping all over this movie uh, at all. Did anybody have any uh, any interest in seeing this at all? Oh fuck no! No, I thought straight. I thought the trailer looked decent, but mm-hmm. yeah, I thought so too. It, um, it, maybe it's just me. I, I just can't see Johnny Depp not as Captain Jack Sparrow or something Tim Burton. I don't know. It just it feels strange. Yeah, seeing <laughs> seeing him venture out from his wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, if he's not if he's not, you know. Doing a Keith Richards impersonation. He's not drunk or frightened. I don't yeah. know how to take Johnny Depp. He doesn't have some sort of face paint on, uh, you right. know, something like that. <laughs> uh, Glenn, uh, this uh, this did this intrigue you at all? Is it intriguing mm. you less now? No, I, I thought it looked retarded from the get-go. So I Ugh, can't. Not, not good for Johnny Depp. Was he uh was he ever considered a cash cow at one point? I guess with the pirates movies he kind of had to have been, right? The only thing that made him a cash cow were the pirate movies. He was actually especially in the 90s uh him as a as baby. a draw, they like they did not he was he just I forgot what the term is, but he he was just he was just a blacklist on movies. If you he gave him a big if it's a big budget and they put him as a starring role, you weren't going to make your money back. There's a I I know, like, Donnie Brasco is one of them. Like, something that... Yeah. Not, obviously, it wasn't, like, made to be a blockbuster, but... Correct, yeah. Something to be seen in that light uh, failed. I know The Ninth Gate was something that was in that same mm-hmm. vein. Absolutely. Um, Fear like and Loathing... Fear, Fear and Loathing was a huge loss, um, so, which is kind of odd to say. 
And the only thing he ever did good that, that like people loved was Ed Wood. Outside of that, I mean, yeah, there's the astronaut's wife, and you know, people enjoy Sleepy Hollow, but it wasn't like a Edward Scissorhands, perhaps. Yeah, but that's that's, that's that's I guess that is ninety, <laughs> huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just after Edward Scissorhands and Crybaby and all that kind of stuff. It he never could find that movie that can that he would be that draw, and it was till he sold his soul to the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> uh, fan club. It wasn't he. I mean, nothing. Even Charlie in a Chocolate Factory. I don't even think did too 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 terribly great. Yeah, I had no interest in seeing. I I, I saw the original uh, quite some time ago, and it wasn't really my my thing but i thought it was infinitely better than the uh the johnny depp version yeah fuck that remake so hard by leaps and bounds man uh yeah it did it did not do it for me at all um well uh aaron maybe you can dig up some other shit while i talk about the box office results because you know what there's no blu-ray results for this there's no blu-ray releases for this week uh (laughs) so that's one last thing on a week where we needed content nothing awesome to add to the criterion collection this week no man nothing nothing to add to your criterion collection (laughs) none of us um but if you were to do it man totally we would uh we would recommend that you do it through the amazon link on this like how that's talk about ham fisting sir that's ham-fisted right in there. Um, CinemaGeekly.com is the place to go. On the right-hand side of the page, we got a big Amazon button. Uh, most everybody I know has at one point shopped at Amazon.com in their life. Uh, some people, like me, shop there frequently. Uh, and uh, if you do and you like us, this is a good way to help out. Uh, use the button on our website, and it'll take you to Amazon like normal, and you shop like normal, and you, uh, you don't have to pay anything extra. Uh, 8 to 10% of your order gets sent right back to help out cinemageekly.com. There's no maximum order size, nothing like that. You can buy one thing, you can buy a million things, it does not matter. Uh, all of it uh, gets uh, sent back to us, uh, a small percentage, that is, uh, from Amazon.com. Uh, let's look at the box office results real quick. Uh, the, <laughs> the top five, uh, a slow week this week uh, for for movies. The Transcendence flick did make it into the top five, but it did not do well. A Haunted House 2 was the number five movie. <laughs> you looking forward to that one, Aaron? Oh, yeah, it's it's top of my list. So what, so what is this? Is this? Do they just get tired of doing... Do they just get scary to Scary movies. Movie 75, and they're just like, okay, we need to start a different franchise. We're going to make the same movie, but we're just going to call it something else? Is that what they did here? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's a market for them, I guess, so, you know, more power to them. But Jesus, I'm not... I'm not saying that. Yeah, I think uh, the Wayans people had just been not in a movie for a little bit too long, so they had a meeting and made two shitty movies. Uh, this one featuring Marlon Wayans, Jamie Presley, Gabriel Iglesias, and Cedric the Entertainer, whom I thought was dead. Um, was he not You're dead? You're thinking of Bernie Mac. Um, yeah, Bernie Mac. Okay. Yeah, he ate it hard. Okay. <laughs> I really thought it was Cedric the Entertainer, but I guess I'm wrong. All right. Um, well, you know what, Aaron? Uh, you're not too far off, man. They're uh, and they're smart with it. The, apparently, the production budget was four million, and its opening weekend domestic gross was nine point one million. There you go. So uh, it it normally for any other movie, this would have shit the bed for an opening weekend, but for a four million dollar picture, uh, you know, they're already part way to recouping the you know the production uh, budget on that picture. So get ready for a haunted house three, everybody. Uh, Transcendence opened at number four uh, with a, a minimal. This is a 11. I want to say it's 11.1 million uh, for a movie, by the way, that is uh, listed here with a production budget of 100 million. Well, well, that's a loss. <laughs> it's not a good opening weekend. Ladies How much of that you think was just Johnny Depp's salary? um half maybe uh by the way with the domestic and the foreign combined it's uh 28.5 million so not even remotely close right now but uh and it's it's such a great looking cast too it's amazing that the movie is not uh that it's not you know that they couldn't put together a better movie because the cast is is really good even if you take out johnny depp um, there's a really great cast in there with Paul Bettany and uh, Cillian Murphy and Kate Mara and Morgan Freeman. Uh, just, you know, really good cast, but, you know, whatever. I mean, hey, Christopher Nolan even attached his name to this. Maybe they should have put his name in the opening. Uh, well, 
in the trailer or whatever as an executive producer. No, it's because his cinematographer is the one who directed it. Oh, that's right. Wally Pfister, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, he doesn't know how to direct a movie. He should just stick to camera angles. Aaron, this, uh, is, uh, this is we're just waiting for a fisting joke right now. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to make it that obvious. So <laughs> we're all waiting. I'm, over here, I'm just like shaking, just dying. Just, yeah, just to fly one out. Fister, I don't even know her. Uh, ooh, that was bad. Uh, Heaven is for real. That's going to the oh, levity. Jesus. On Easter, you guys uh, did number this uh, landed at the number three spot. Uh, this Greg Kinnear film oh. is number three at the but who who in the right mind would have predicted that Greg Kinnear would have a number three box office movie in the year 2014? Certainly not me. Uh, and by the way, production budget on this flick was 12 million dollars, <laughs> and it opened to 28.5 million. Oh my God. So uh, praise Jeebus, everybody. This uh, oh. movie is doing great. No. Thomas Hayden Church is in this. THC is in that movie? Absolutely. Oh, On 420, no less. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, number two, Rio to $22.5 million, adding to its uh, uh, collection, which is now at $275 million worldwide. Uh, the movie is killing overseas, by the way. But I guess with a name like Rio... Uh, I, I'm guessing it's not it's not doing nearly as well domestically. It's it's about 75 million. There's a reason for it domestically. Uh, it's not good, and it's <laughs> it's still uh it's still struggling. Uh, it had a 103 million dollar uh, uh, production budget. So, uh, and Captain America: The Winter Soldier again number one with 26.6 million. That's fairly respectable. Uh, given oh, yeah. how long it's 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 been out for, yeah. Um, by the way, that's adding to its worldwide total, which is now at five hundred and eighty-six point six million. Uh, so yeah, that's uh that is doing quite well for itself, and I believe the uh, the production budget on that one was one seventy. Uh, so yeah, they're Marvel. In case the spoiler alert, uh, good at making blockbuster movies that make a lot of money. So there you go. Uh, and by the way, in case anybody is interested. Uh, overseas box office alert. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Two has already opened overseas and uh, garnered forty-seven million so far uh, on its uh, on its overseas venture. But I'm not sure how many countries it's opened in, uh, so it's uh, difficult to tell. Um, there's a lot of countries that have not reported back yet uh, on their on their gross. So. I'm not sure how many countries it's opened in, but that looks like it's probably going to do fairly well. Uh, also, are you? Uh, I, I think I'm maybe alone in this, but I'm not really looking forward to that movie. I, Aaron, I know you're looking forward to going to see. Are you going to go check it out as uh, as uh, soon as it opens? Um, probably not as soon as it opens. You know, just at as first convenience. Uh, you know, will allow it. Uh, I don't know it. It's one of those movies to where it'll be okay or it'll be a complete mess. Like it, it it's starting to feel a little bit more Spider-Man three mm-hmm. to me than anything else. Like they're just trying to wedge in so much. I, I just I think they're rushing it. Uh, Glenn, do you uh, are you are you feeling the same way about this? We we're getting closer and closer to the release date, and I want to gauge uh, feelings among the panel here about uh, about the movie. Are you are you feeling optimistic? Uh, on the fence, uh, where, where you where do you land on the Amazing Spider-Man two? I never really had high hopes for it, so like right. the bar that I've set for it is pretty mediocre. Like, if I see it and and I go on Rotten Tomatoes and it says like fifty eight percent, that's probably about what I expect for it. Um, but I mean, it looks interesting, but I don't think it's going to be anything special. I don't think it'll be like Spider-Man 1 or 2. It'll probably be more like 3 or even the last one. Okay, Cody, where do you uh where 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 do you stand on uh on the Spider-Man flick? Uh yeah, I won't be seeing this until it comes out on DVD. Ouch. I, You're in my uh, camp, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw something on Twitter like obviously from the trailers and everything, I wasn't super impressed. And then I saw something uh somebody put on Twitter who had seen it in the UK and they said like the 15 minutes of Spider-Man's actually in the movie were good. But other than that, it was kind of whatever. Ooh, and then so... they even, oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead. Continue. 
Then they um they quoted a, one of the lines Electro has, and it's just so fucking cheesy and just stupid. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> definitely aimed at little kids. I get it. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I just that kind of killed any little bit of optimism I had for it, and it'll definitely be a DVD rental. Yeah, the um. That that line and what you said, I mean, obviously, we're going to take it with a big grain of salt, obviously, because it's from Twitter, but um, that doesn't necessarily strike me as completely false that Spider-Man wouldn't be in it a ton, uh, especially if they, if they do a lot of focusing on, say, uh, Peter Parker outside of the suit, or if, I mean, they're talking a lot about that, uh, what is it, the, the Sinister Six movie, I want to say, is that what it yep. is? Yeah. Um, and if this is, ends up just serving as a watch out, here comes the Sinister Six movie. If this is, you know, if, if this movie feels like the setup to that movie, um, you know, I could totally see that being the case. Like they want to shift the focus to uh, to these guys and then get, uh, you know, get those characters established in their movie for a big, you know, Spider-Man three or whatever. I'm guessing that's the plan, Aaron. Right? They want to do the Sinister Six movie and then have a Spider-Man 3 where it all kind of comes to a head? As far as I'm aware, that's the plan, yeah. And they're also saying there might even be room for a, a Venom spinoff movie. So, I mean, it's... Ugh, I don't know. It, it, it all. I don't think it all hedges on Spider-Man 3. I think they're going to do it no matter what because, you know, kids will always want to see Spider-Man. So it'll always make money for them. But it's just... I, I don't see the quality of these films really getting better because they don't necessarily have to yet. The... Um... The the Rotten Tomatoes score right now is obviously limited. There's only 46 reviews, I want to say, but it's uh right now kind of shockingly sitting at 72%. But they do give it a bit of a backhanded compliment, as Rotten Tomatoes is want to do from time to time. Um, they they basically they're praising uh Mark Mark Webb's directing and the cast. Like he really knows rom- romantic comedies, but you know all his action <laughs> sequences have to be in slow mo. Um, well, basically, basically, they say that the movie entertains, uh, and this is where the backhanded comments come in, obviously. The movie entertains in spite of its crowded canvas and occasionally stilted narrative. Oh, uh, does it say it's ill-advised? No, but it uh, occasionally... It's exceedingly ill-advised. It's only occasionally stilted in this case. Occasionally uh, stilted. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and it says that the canvas of the film is crowded, which we've already talked about uh, being a concern that they might be trying to jam in too much into into one movie. What is it about Spider-Man that they feel the need to gang up on Spider-Man so much you with You wait till friggin' uh, Batman vs. Superman when you see like 8,000 superheroes debut <laughs> on that movie at once. Also. <laughs> They're gonna go in reverse with that movie? They're gonna do like a million superheroes against one bad guy? Yep. Um, I mean, I, I really, really though, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Did this happen a lot in the Spider-Man books? Was he constantly being like double and triple teamed in the books? Oh, sure. Because it seems like this is not something they do in the Marvel movies. Like, they do kind of have, like, some minor bit player bad guys off to the side, but the movies very clearly usually have one bad guy in the movie. And everyone else is kind of fought. I think it's Sony, you know, this is the one property they have, so they're trying to milk this fucker for everything it's worth. Right. Let's let's not... (laughs) So what they're saying is let's not extend this Spider-Man franchise out... We're concerned that it might not do well, so let's just cram every let's fucking thing we have it into right it. into the ground and then shoot it <laughs> once it's in there. We, we we don't know if Spider-Man's going to be around for four or five movies, so we're just going to cram four or five movies worth of villains into the move right. into one movie. And um, I mean, I'm not going to say without a shadow of a doubt it's going to be bad as a result, um, but I'm certainly not optimistic about it. Uh, I've certainly seen things that looked really cool. I've seen things that don't look good at all to me, um, you know, and some stuff that just doesn't connect uh, connect with me at all. But yeah, I, I've I've got that feeling, man. That I don't think it's going to be Spider-Man three bad. I think they're, uh, I think Mark Webb and company is more than smart enough to know to stay away from that kind of level of bad, you know. So I don't think we're going to see like you know uh, Dane DeHaan and Emma Stone do a scene where they cook eggs and do the twist. And shit like that. Uh, we're not gonna have like. Oh my god! But but if he's the Green <laughs> Goblin when they do it, then I might be okay with it. You know, they cook the eggs on his glider and shit. Right. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't see them going to like that kind of bad. And, and to be honest, I don't know what happened with Spider-Man Three. Oh, uh, you don't. The dance scene, the, the I, bang toss. No, no. What I what I'm saying is that I I just don't know what led them to that. Oh well, it's because what is the it about studio. Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man Three. Did he look just like an owl to anyone else, or was it just me? <laughs> Well, hold on. Glenn's got Glenn's got some uh, something I need to hear about this. What what's the story well, here, Glenn? The studio came in and they told Sam Raimi that Venom had to be in the movie, and he was like, "Well, no, I will make a fourth one and I'll put him in it." And I'm like, no, we need to do this now. We need to make it bigger, better, because that's what you got to do with franchise. You got to make it bigger and better than the last one, which usually means it's bigger and dumber. Uh, but so they they made him do it, and he was like, "Well, no, I'm not." I'm like, well, well put this in there they kind of negotiated basically the whole movie is a fuck you to columbia pictures because he put a like the whole him being uh you know doing the twist and all that kind of stuff and going to the piano bar uh all that was just bullshit because he he got so mad at the studio because they told him venom had to be in it because he planned on it being dark he planned on it being dark suit but at the end then it would be like oh he got it and then you know the next week would be a tie into that so and what so what he just what, did as a big fuck you to the studio. So what you are insinuating, or are you, are you even insinuating, is this like a documented fact somewhere? Yeah, I mean, it's... I, it's, I forgot where I read well, it. Yeah, it was it's a long time ago. Spider-Man 3. <laughs> I so, mean, they read it a long time ago that the well, studio no, I mean, said I'm, they had to be in there. And Sam Raimi is... I mean, he does a lot of stuff like in his movies that he'll just do it because, well, I'm a director and this is supposed to be fun. He doesn't take himself too seriously. So right. it's, I mean, it's in his track record. You look at his really corny B movies. I mean, it's, right. I wouldn't put it past him. Well, I mean, but, I'm, uh, I'm looking at Spider-Man 3 now in an entirely new light. Not that it's, you know, now all of a sudden it's a good movie. It's not, but I certainly ad- ad- admire Sam Raimi a lot more. It is basically like, well, I can't do what I want in the movie. Well, fuck you. Here's Jazz Hand Spider-Man. Suck Because everything's Sony. done well. <laughs> it's just really stupid. Right. So make I mean, Kirsten Dunn sing at you now. Fuck you. I mean, basically, if it's just him putting his middle fingers up, I, I will enjoy the movie a lot more now. I mean, I, I mean, you know, like I said, it's not going to shine this light where it's like, oh, my God, this is a great movie now. I mean, it's still stupid as hell, but knowing knowing more oh, context so behind stupid. it. I mean, he had he had a lot of issues, even with the first one. They I mean, I don't think he had an issue with it, but I know that the studio wanted him to cut back a couple of scenes. Especially the one with the giant spider web between the Twin Towers. Because I remember that was the first trailer I ever saw for it. It was like a week before 9-11. And then that happened. I was like, I wonder if that's going to be in the movie. Oh, nope. It's not in a movie. Okay. Nope. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, so it sounds like... I mean, not quite Star Trek V level production problems. (laughs) Um, uh, By the way, if we can get William Shatner on the podcast, he will insist, I'm sure... Uh, that if he was able to fully uh, realize his vision of Star Trek V, it would have been a great film. Uh, uh, that, at that live show, I saw that fucker out last year. That's all he could talk about. Are you serious? He talked oh, about yeah. that? That's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's. Not, I mean, he wouldn't be lying if he said that they got fucked over on the movie because they really did. I mean, there, it was one bad thing after another. Even when it got down to like the visual effects, it was. You know, they went to ILM and they're like, "Oh, we're sorry, we're, we're busy doing two other blockbusters," and at the time. Only ILM could make shit look good, so they had to go to some third-party uh, effects house, and you know the the visuals look as they do in that movie. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's an amazing you know. But some of the ideas he had also sounded like shit to me. He's like, "Oh, it would have been great. There would have been these fucking rock monsters and all this other shit." I'm like, "This still sounds bad to me." When does it get good, William Shatner? But uh, sadly, I. I haven't heard that, but I'm glad you got an ear full of it, Aaron. That's good to know. Oh yeah. Oh man, you weren't kidding, dude. We dragged it out, man. We really dragged it, kicking and screaming to the 57 minute mark. I even had a couple of stories in reserve, just in case. Oh, you do? Any, anything interesting, or is it kind of just some bullshit? Uh, just some bullshit. They're uh, <laughs> they're they're working on a new Friday the 13th movie, but apparently this is going to be a reboot to the reboot. Oh, tremendous! That screams. Yeah. That screams it's, uh, gold. <laughs> Yeah, the, the release date is March 13th of next year. They, of uh, <clears throat> they signed Friday, uh, yeah. David Bruckner to, to direct, the guy who wrote and did uh, uh, one of the portions of that VHS movie. Oh, right. Think, hang on, uh, Amateur Night was the you one mean the did. actual? You mean the actual VHS films? Yes. 
Okay, yeah. He did, yeah, he directed the uh, the first VHS film. Yeah. Which, by the way, is from our uh, our friends over at... Um, God, I don't remember the name of that studio now. Platinum I'm Dunes. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel so bad now because they follow us on Twitter. <laughs> so I feel so, so bad. Platinum Dunes. Um, no, maybe who it was uh, released by. I don't remember who it was released by. Um, now it's driving me nuts. Because they, to- they totally follow us on Twitter, and I'm just blanking on their name. <laughs> so now I feel bad. Well, if their movies uh, didn't suck, you'd know their name. <laughs> <laughs> um, a budget of $21,000? Holy shit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just... just Is that Friday the 13th movie? <laughs> no, no that, that's for VHS 2. Oh, <laughs> oh mag- Magnet. Magnet releasing. Uh uh, were the guys that uh, oh, did, right. did the theatrical release in the United States. And uh, Wizarding World Chicago added Anthony Mackie and Matt Smith. Agreed to marry each other. Right. Is that what happened? Because that is news, sir. No, no, they they added them to, to their guest list for this year. <laughs> that the Doctor and, and, and the Falcon are getting married. Right. Uh, would be amazing. And, uh, so, the big so what's the deal? Are we going to that? They added... Uh, but a CityCon added uh, not only William Zabka, but Martin Cove, the, the guy who played the, the Cobra Kai sensei as well. So no. I say we could go dressed all as Danny LaRusso and just start crane kicking at these dudes <laughs> for a good 15, 20 minutes, however long it takes them to ask us to leave. Yeah. Well, and then I'll throw like rolls of quarters at them. There you go. And make them dance for a while. <laughs> uh, let me see here. The uh, I got Alice right. Cooper coming. <laughs> <laughs> wait, real. wait, what's Welcome going on to now? his nightmare? Wait. Alice Cooper is coming to Dallas Comic Con in May. Oh, okay. I thought, like, he's to your home, sir? Is that where Alice? <laughs> he, I'm sure if I give him, like, 50 that's... bucks, he'll do it. I was to say, that's where his career is at now? Hire Alice Cooper to come and hang out at your house. I wonder how much he would charge to play a birthday. <laughs> how many sandwiches can you make, Aaron? That's what he'll ask. Um, you, I bet. I could, I could get going. Uh, All right. Everything we talked about today, you can locate most of any most of it anyway that we talked about today. Um, You can uh, locate on cinemageekly.com and uh, our multitude of social networks because it is ever growing. You guys, I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, hell yeah, man. All the kids are using it. So we got to be there. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, run YouTube, run Tumblr, and yes, as Aaron just mentioned, we just added an Instagram account. Uh, you can follow uh, all of those goings ons uh, at Cinema Geekly, literally in all those places. Uh, just search for Cinema Geekly or type in the address and then slash Cinema Geekly, and uh, uh, you will find us on all those places and join in on the the various conversations. So yeah, I'm I'm keeping real busy because I am. I'm lucky enough to get stuff posted to Facebook and Twitter or linked together, uh, but everything else I have to post independently. So I'm keeping up with Google Plus on my own and Tumblr and uh, the Instagram account I just opened. By the way, I uh, really appreciate the shit tons of people. Every time I put something up on Instagram, like a bunch of people within like two minutes start liking it. Now, if those people would just follow us on Instagram, that would also be great instead of just liking the goddamn picture. Uh, but yeah, we, we just opened that up. So... Uh, feel free. I, I know the that all the kids are hanging out there these days, right? Because Facebook's not cool now because all their parents are on Facebook. I don't know how this shit works, Aaron. Apparently Twitter's not cool either because, you know, they refuse to follow us. <laughs> well, they're refusing to follow you. We're gaining Twitter followers, the Cinema Geekly account is. Are we? Yeah, yeah. We've picked up another, I want to say, 15 or so in the last couple days. Jesus, I have a, I, I barely have over 15 now, and I've been at this shit for, like, months. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. I mean, we've got a pretty good following on, on Facebook and a pretty good following on Google Plus as well. So um, we've, we've got a scant following on Tumblr. Um, not not a bunch, only only uh, only a handful, and uh, we just started on uh, on the Instagram, so I think we're only at like five or six on Instagram. But I literally opened that up last night, so uh, oh, it has not been going for long. Uh, let me see here, the podcast, of course, uh, you can listen to it on CinemaGeekly.com, but you can also check it out on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or the Stitcher Radio app. We're available on all of those outlets. Just search for Cinema Geekly, and of course, rate and review the podcast no matter where you listen to it at. Because uh, that helps us out uh, visibility-wise when people go searching for a movie podcast or a, or a TV podcast or even a, a podcast about video games, in which case they will be 
horrendously let down and disappointed when they listen to this one. Uh, we, we talked about baseball and football video games today. We sure did. <laughs> for uh, and we we really stretched it out for about two minutes there. So, um, yeah, not exactly a video game podcast, but we will bring it up from time to time. Yeah, so. May twenty seventh. May twenty seventh. That's when we'll talk about video games. Oh, we are. What's happening? Is that the uh, the Arkham Knight? No, that's Watch Dogs. Oh, Watch Dogs. Yes, I'm real excited Arkham for Arkham Knight. Is uh, October. 14th i think mm-hmm. that sounds right yeah, yeah we will uh we will we are going to do uh i do want to do a podcast where we uh we talk a little bit a little bit extra about video games because there is a uh, a lot of stuff coming out that i'm excited for i think we need to put as... together like a cinema geek league team and we just we all link up and play video games against maybe other podcasts for dominance <laughs> there you go um i i'd be i'd be the weak link in the team for sure but yeah, that's okay. I don't get a lot of I don't get a lot of practice in those shooting games, Aaron. Yeah, well, I'm the only you one who doesn't to, have a uh, PS three or four. Oh yeah, that's right. Cody's and uh, you're an Xbox guy, right? Yeah. Cody is yeah. So Cody would be Cody would be left out in the cold, unfortunately, on that one. Uh, he could just is, play with himself. Which in fact is there you go. Well, I mean, if we all have PS fours, we can just hook up a a UStream account and stream it live, and then Cody can just watch and then mock us. <laughs> He can user. watch. He can watch while he plays with himself. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's, a, that's a terrible idea. We're not going to do that. Adam. No, I'm down. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, whatever. Whatever floats your boat, man. We're cool. Uh, <laughs> we're going to leave it on that note too. <laughs> what a way to sign off, everybody. For Cody Kelly and Glenn Bovey and Aaron DeLosa, I am Anthony Lewis, and we will see you next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast. shirt off. God. You have been trying that Jedi mind trick on me since the 8th grade. It doesn't work. Oh, it works. Oh, it works.